Now go on with your Alec Baldwin joke. <laughs> just it's, screw it's him over. It's not going to land now. <laughs> There's no context. No, you, I'm the pretty sure you just have joke. to say it now. <laughs> We're talking about syncing audio and video, and I said, well, it's probably easiest to just sync to the part where Alec Baldwin, where the gun goes off. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's good. I think that still stands as something fun. What is, is he up to anything now? He, like, what's his he's deal? getting charged with, with manslaughter. Yeah. Is he actually, is oh, he yeah. going to, well, I mean, he's not going um, to jail, in, obviously. The interesting, like the nuance, is he's being charged as the producer of the movie. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Who's, who was responsible for like making sure that the practices and everything on set were safe, and not as the actor, like the actual person who pulled the trigger. That's well, got to I mean, be a bad day. Even as an actor or a producer, isn't it like rule number one that you just don't, even if it's not even a real gun, do you just like you should not be just like waving it around and pointing it at people. Well, it was Am for the scene. I mean, it, it was yeah, for the, the scene, sh- bro. The shot was <laughs> pointing the gun at the camera. Yeah. It wasn't like oh, okay. he was. He wasn't like goofing around. It was like my a I, thought he, the, the, I thought he was goofing around. That's what. My like, understanding. That's the, last the real I fuckery I on set was um, that in that the gun was a real gun. I mean, obviously, because he kills. I mean, that's a stupid statement. Never mind. Um, but <laughs> yeah, which which apparently isn't that uncommon on movie sets. Um, People but, getting but, killed but, by guns. But, <laughs> the gun being real. <laughs> oh. Um, uh, but in between takes and stuff, and just like. In general, like on on location, they were sh- they were loading the guns with live ammo and like doing target practice and fucking around and stuff. So like there was ammo f- like live rounds for the guns on the set, which apparently is really unusual. I thought, yeah, I thought that's surely got to be a huge no no. Yeah, from what I understand, the guy who's like there's like an armorer or some equivalent, like a uh, a um. Like a prop master, yeah, right? Yeah, prop Wasn't master. That's the word I was looking for. Like, And he's done. I mean, he should be the one going to jail, probably. I don't know what happened with him. I mean, well, if you give someone a gun, last... if you give an act, that's, that's the reason you're there. Like, that's your yeah. literally your only job, is to give people guns and make sure that they're not Well, dangerous. wasn't there some other, like, fuckery, like, the actual prop master was gone that day, so they had, like, a replacement or something? I thought it was there was a strike um, with oh, a bunch okay. of people. And one of them happened to be, I don't know if it was an armorer or uh, it was like some, maybe it was, I'm, I'm not saying that it wasn't. I just don't know that for sure. Um, but there was some prop or, or armorer or whatever related person who wasn't available because them and a bunch of other people were on strike. It's kind of ah. starting to sound like a murder, like the perfect murder. Like <laughs> well, the actual sound, perfect start, murder. This isn't like an original take, but it does sound like a hitman mission. <laughs> yeah, it does. Where it's like this is because you do that in Hitman Blood Money. You replace a prop gun with a real gun, and then he shoots the opera guy. Oh, cool! Remember when all those memes, <laughs> all those memes were going around um, with like well done forty seven. Yeah, yeah. The, there's the new, like the new, new deep fake audio like memes. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and one of them was the <laughs> the Hitman like the narrating the like that one green text or whatever of like meme. <laughs> yeah. I like uh, uh, how we're starting off a new season. It's season eight, episode one. Correct. And to yep. get off to a hot start, we've been gone for like a couple months since like a regular episode. We come out hot from the gate talking about something that happened back in October of last year. True. <laughs> yeah. We've I'm never been post, on it. This is absolutely terrible podcast content, but this is like the funniest fucking thing ever uh, right. that I'm putting in <laughs> the chat here. Are we All supposed right. to watch it now, or are we gonna do? Uh, it later? No, we can do it. We can do it later. It doesn't really matter. Okay. <laughs> or we could cut this right, out because it's like ninety seconds long. But all right, we'll just we'll listen to it later. Yeah, and we'll then later. we'll laugh to ourselves, not on recording. Yeah. 
Um, all right. Yeah, what are we doing here? What's the meme? We're back. We're Welcome back. back, everybody, to the talk shop. Season Ocho. Episode one. I'm Tom, joined today by... Corey. Sam. All right, we're right into it. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. We've been gone too it's long. It's been a minute. Did you miss us? Did you miss us, babies? Sweet little baby birdies? At least one person did, probably. There's one guy out there who's like, yeah! <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. Yay! Talk shop. <laughs> Standing up shouting yep. in his car. You better be. Damn better right. Be. Damn right. So well, I happen to know of something interesting. This is our 99th episode oh, of the talk show. How do you, how do you know that? Oh my because God. I, I checked before we filmed today or recorded or whatever you want to call it. I was just curious about how many episodes we'd done. And this is episode 99, which means we have to do Ooh. at least one more. That's true. <laughs> we <laughs> we got to get a nice round. We cannot yeah. stop at 99. We cannot stop at 99 episodes. My OCD will cause me to collapse like a black hole. He'll break, and he'll break into I'm Tom's here to house announce this is the last yeah. episode of the talk show. <laughs> Sam will break in and post like it, 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 just like a Lincoln Park, so just here's, any audio. No, he'll here's post the greatest. Like, here's the biggest threat I can do. And I'm one step closer to the edge, this and I'm the, about to break. This is the worst thing that I could say. I will record yeah. another episode of my book recording. Don't make me do it, everybody. <laughs> hey, I like those. Did you? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> i wish more people closure had. at last it killed it I, i'm going to tell you something and this actually ties into i think a good explanation about why i know i'm still here doing the podcast despite the fact that it's it's for a limited amount of people and everything i was at work i was talking to this medical provider and we were talking about dream jobs and what we would be doing if we could do anything right and he doesn't know a yeah. lot about me but uh, he let it slip. He was like, you know what I would love to do more than anything is I'd love to be one of the the people who sit uh, for literary agents and they just read all of the new books and they decide what's good and what's not. And uh, this is called a slush pile in the biz. And so Ooh, I, I, I literally I don't bring this up a lot, but he's literally saying he wants to read fiction, fantasy fiction and mm. see if it's good or not. So I'm like, hey, I wrote a book. Would you ever want to read it? and Let me know what you think. <laughs> This dude didn't miss a beat, and he's like, no, trust me, I know you, and it sucks. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. Holy it's just brutal. Shit. Just a, a throat to the a knife to the throat, and he was dead serious. And this is a guy that we get along pretty well. So I think he yeah. thought he was doing me a favor with that kind of harsh uh, criticism. And it bothered me for about probably 12 hours. I was kind of, like, upset about that. I was kind of like, man, I can't even sell somebody that I get along with on giving my book a chance. How much must I suck just in the way I present myself? But then I started thinking about it differently. And I will say that suddenly it became very sad to me that there's a person out there who, if they could do anything, what they would do is they would critique things that other people created. Because I feel very comfortable in this group saying that if any of us could do anything in the world, we would be creating, right? Yeah, and I think so. And to that, if I, if I can hoist any kind of, you know flag for what we're still doing here recording this, this 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 podcast is that we are still being creative we are still making something and the worst day of making something is better than the best day just consuming i genuinely believe that and so you're 100 percent correct to kick off season eight i want to say that that's where i'm coming from i'm here i'm motivated maybe only 25 people listen to it maybe less but at least we are here and we are contributing to this great world 
of ours. The zeitgeist. I was going to say that, and this already felt like super... <laughs> this already felt like too much. So I, I wound it back. But yeah, that's what I was going to say. We're, we're contributing to the zeitgeist. We're trying, right? So, Indeed. Thank you for joining me again tonight, boys. I didn't plan on that speech. I hope that it was okay. No, it was good. And it's actually very uh, prescient because I've been in the same kind of mood the past uh, couple months. I, like with the new year ringing in, you can listen to Megasotos released on January 1st. Uh, I wanted to do, like force myself to be creative because I always get in my own head and like I, I keep thinking, oh, I got to do this this thing. Usually it's like music related. I got to record this song. I got to write this. I got to write a song or something like that. But I think it's pretty common for lots of people where you just, that's as far as it ever gets. It's just um, it's very telling nebulous. yourself you're going to do it. Like yeah, I have like, like it's, this, the, the, it's the, the perfect thing in my brain. Exactly. And, that's what I was going to say. Like you have the masterpiece inside you. You just need to jack it out. Get it out. Yeah. So like for the month of January, I made it a goal where it's like I <laughs> I have a bunch of cassette tapes. I know, very cool, mm. very trendy. And I was like, I'm just going to record enough music to fill one of these cassette tapes, and I'm not going to think about it. I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to do it. And I did it, and it was awesome. Is that the stuff that and we've I, heard? Yes, Okay. for the January one. Plug for I'm you, working yeah. on one for February as well. I don't know if you're ever going to release this for public consumption, and no judgment either way. Do what you're going to do. But I do want to say, we got to listen to it. Corey and I did. And I have yeah. listened to every single one. And it is outstanding. Like, don't <laughs> understand. Cool. It's, it's every song that comes on, you're like, he couldn't whip out another banger. <laughs> and then sure enough, it's another really, like, genuinely good song. I don't want to puff it up too much. Like, with editing and stuff, I genuinely believe it could be great. But I was honestly and truly impressed. Once again, at your creative ability. And I do want to say, you should be very proud of what you made. Well, thank you. I do appreciate that. Tremendously. It's it was kind of like a stream of consciousness project. Like I most of those songs that were like written and recorded in one night and like with no practice or anything. So like a lot of the song structures don't make sense. Well, now we're talking about it so much, I'm gonna have to post it. But you could like make um, them the intros to these episodes. That'd be my oh, that's a good idea. But then you already have actually. Yeah, yeah. I'll trickle them out through the season. I think that'd be great. Uh, One by one, they're already pre-recorded. So what the fuck. Uh, people need uh, to hear them. I mean, even no matter who, because I, some of them, like, there's some. The one that I thought was called So some or So What or whatever. That one I really yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's all thanks to this wonderful device I came across. So this is this is going to be like a bit of a, a tech moment here, like a synthesis tech thing. But one thing that's been in my brain for a long time is, like, how did... Before like the this modern era of recording and instruments and synthesizers and stuff, how did like people make music? Yeah, yeah. And it's and it, it always really like I like I I would listen to like the um, Unreal Tournament soundtrack, and it's like from that era of like the late '90s, early 2000s, where it's like you the sounds are unique and they're kind of cheesy, but you still wonder in your head like what are these actually coming from? And I came across one thing that's like basically it's this one unit that was used to make pretty much every video game soundtrack from like 1995 to 2000. 
Like, you can look it up. It's crazy. There's actually so many soundtracks that are attributed to this one unit. And it's dirt cheap right now because it sounds cheesy to, like, most people. But I'm, like, super hella nostalgic for all those old soundtracks and stuff. So I picked it up. And, god dang, it sounds great. I, I love this little box. It's awesome. <laughs> it's called the Roland Sound Canvas SC88 Pro. And it's wonderful. And that's that's what's featured on a lot of that first January rambling recording. Oh, um, it sounded really good, and I look forward to hearing more. And well, just, thank and you. here's what I'll say about it is that to me the funnest parts are where I could tell that you're just sitting there like doing with like your your key elements, your beat or your bass line or something or your guitar part or whatever. And you're like, what the hell? What if I just threw like something that sounded kind of like bendy metal on top of this? And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> and generally, generally speaking, it always becomes something really cool and unique. Like the fact that you had so many ideas within you for just one month of just stream of consciousness, music, uh, composition is crazy. I'm curious. Actually, well, I was thinking yeah. about this when I was listening to him. Does it, when you're layering stuff, um, like you want to put like a melody on top of, you know, you have like a bass and drum, whatever. Um, yeah. Do you, do you like write a melody and then try to th- think of like what tone that sounds really cool with, like on a synth or does the synth tone come first and then you, does that make, uh, to make sense? Yeah. So hmm. I guess for like, I'd say like 90% of the tracks, it all starts with a, beat usually it's like some kind Mm -hmm. of drum loop of some kind some kind of rhythm it was either drums or bass usually and then on top of that i usually just like mess around with so i have like major gas like it's gear acquisition syndrome oh sure meme i thought you were just making a general statement I I have bad gas, <laughs> but uh, so about my music process. <laughs> yeah, sometimes bathroom, I just fart and I can't stop <laughs> farting. Uh, but uh, so, but whenever I buy like a synthesizer, I buy it because it has like it does one thing very uniquely and it has like an interesting th- like tone or sound or some kind of sonic quality. Um, so I usually I'll have like a drum or a bass going, and then I'll just kind of fart around with these random synthesizers that I've amassed, unfortunately. <laughs> and most of most of this project is honestly just justifying purchases. <laughs> That's like 90% of what all of this has been about. It's like, I have all this crap lying around and I don't touch it. Like, I haven't touched it for like years, which is like major, major shame. Well, I'm going to say but, something um, that my wife has never said. And that's that Whatever you're doing, it's working, so keep touching it. <laughs> Excellent. I'm glad to hear it. But yeah, it's just, it basically just starts the beat or a bass line, and then I just kind of layer things over it, and then I'm like, okay, well, I wonder what other sound would sound good with this, and then, yeah, just kind of pile it on, and then like strip it back at the beginning of a track, and then just kind of layer things in, and then... There's like there was some happy accident type stuff like um, for that one you're talking about, Sam. Uh, I don't even remember what it's called. With a bass line. Oh wait, we care somewhat is called because it kind of sounds like we care a lot from uh, Faith No More. But uh, like uh, layering the bass with like a bunch of other 
these other instrument parts that are like i guess would be like the the pre-chorus chorus stuff and then just like monkeying around with how everything fits together and like musically it all aligns cuz it's all on like the same scale i don't know maybe i'm getting like too technical here but like it's funny to to mess around with different parts layered on top of each other and then like see what happens if if you do that kind of stuff so that's basically what's going on with that sure okay and i'm willing to bet that by now the people listening to this have heard at least one song because it probably introed the episode so yeah i'll probably put uh that one first why that'd not? be great i like that one a lot <laughs> yeah probably just and I, get to, I get to record using my tape deck so i can be really lo-fi and cool like all the cool zoomers out there was that a bass guitar doing that bass part or was it that was the Roland Sound Canvas SC88 so. it Pro. It didn't sound like a, a bass guitar, so I'm glad. You better that my be ears a. Were you want to know something funny? What's that? What's that bass patch is yeah. the same bass patch from the in Mario 64. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yep. That's, that's really so fun. That. That's very dope. Yeah. Uh, you cool better be a purist, like Tom. It better be. Uh, every, every track better be recorded to tape. No digital ever. Uh, I haven't reached. Well, I mean, you guys got it, so that's like <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm it had to become you. digital at some point. I'm kidding, but yeah, no, it's fun. It's fun to just and I guess one key element was I had my desktop set up in this basement area, and I, I just we didn't have any real estate in this current place we're renting, so I had to actually pack up my desktop to make room for the sound stuff. And it's actually been like a kind of a a nice little reprieve because I would spend lots of time on my computer, obviously. That was like my number one hobby. I know, porn, right? And Yeah, porn. I just can't help <laughs> just it. hours and hours. I would beat, beat my meat raw every night. <laughs> I've done it before. Uh, I'm <laughs> so you know where I'm coming from. I do. Literally. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> Hi, bro. <laughs> Farts and jerk-off jokes. Welcome to the talk show. <laughs> uh <laughs> but yeah packing it up it was crazy because i put away my computer and then all of a sudden all this free time appeared i don't know wow. where from. it was wild and then yeah so it kind of felt fed into itself and we had talked on the megasode about like kind of being interested in taking a step back from consuming stuff like you were saying sam like it feels good to create stuff right. even and- if it's like not that good or if it's on a whim like Doing that is infinitely more rewarding than watching, you know, uh, five episodes of a TV show in a night or something like that. And this is the one time that I'll mention this. I, in the same vein and in spiritual camaraderie with you, have started planning out my next book. Oh, shit. Awesome. And it is an unhinged, ridiculous project, which it's very much to the point of just make something that you want to make. It's not anything I like crazy weird shit. This is... That's... Yeah. It's... We were kind of... Well, go ahead, Sam. I'm just going to tell you the concept... And I'm still planning this. There's a lot of preparation that goes into it. It's about an alcoholic. And I know everybody's rolling their eyes. Oh, a book about an alcoholic. But no, that's very irrelevant. This guy, when he drinks too much, he gets transported to another world. That's very <laughs> Like literally? Like Liter- he actually gets well, transported? So I'm going to play with that a little bit. <laughs> You're never going to actually be completely sure. Um, but oh, the, the, okay. the thought process behind it is his life is terrible and he would much rather be the hero in a fantasy than have to so do it's any like of the work literal in his real escapism. life. Yes, drinking. exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah, okay. And the drinking plays very little. He's not drunk. He's not like stumbling around slurring. It, that's just his gateway. It's like a, it's like <laughs> any the, anime. The Narnia closet. Yeah, okay. that's exactly. Yeah, yeah. okay. 
<laughs> a fifth of Jose Cuervo. And the, and the world that he goes to, yeah, and it's the world. The world that he goes to is is the most ber- you know berserk, like insane, like stuff ever. And I haven't yet decided yet if in reality he's like going out to the bars and like getting arrested for shit, or if it's just literally all inside his brain as he sits comatose. Those are details that I'm kind of trying to work out with. But that's the concept of my next project. That sounds dank. That yeah, sounds cool. And yeah, like uh, we were talking a little bit before the episode started recording about oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, how like old internet stuff, like dawn of the internet websites and like forum pages and stuff and how you and Corey, you made the good point that it's like now everybody's kind of creating content and it's unique to a point but it's all in the same vein like everybody's got the same feel and flow and like structurally everything's kind of homogenized now yeah i mean like like you could go watch a youtube video about Right now, you could go watch one like about League of Legends, and then watch one about like HBO's last five TV shows, and or whatever. Like and like, like obviously the you know the different videos are different. Like they all have different information, whatever. But like, kind of on like a meta level, like what a there, YouTube a video format. is, is kind there's of like established all, format, they're kind of yeah. all the same. Yeah, it's kind of all the same. Yeah, um, yeah. And it used to be. Uh, probably anybody listening to this is old enough to remember like what the internet it, like even I mean pre YouTube it was even weird, weirder but like even like early and mid YouTube years it was like everything was so different um, yeah. people were just making shit just to make shit uh, and yeah. now it's like it's all for clout and money and you know whatever like not, what, what can you do about it but um, but yeah like not that the purely creative stuff doesn't exist anymore but like it's just, just drowned it out anymore. by like, yeah. an ocean of like the stuff that's for money and it's like i i'm not gonna be one to be like oh yeah all these people sold out it's like if you can make money doing it then yeah. do it like why why wouldn't you i love to trash my acquaintance that's tiktok famous because he sold his soul to do it like for real we've all seen uh-huh. the videos that dude sold his soul for it can i say that i wouldn't do the same if i was gonna be making six figures to do it no i probably <laughs> would i'd be yeah, making a video with exactly. right now where i'd be like oh sandwich oh, nom, 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 nom. okay let's go get mcdonald's I would do it <laughs> if I was going to make six figures. Hell yeah. Oh, <laughs> and then Corey just posted in the chat. One of the greatest, like recent, <laughs> just like random. I was just reminded cre- of this. Yeah. Yeah. The old, uh, the pool p- lizard, p- pool lizard four. Well, actually, do we want to blow up pool lizard or is that just going to be something <laughs> that, that for, you, uh, you we've came already across? Said it. Uh, yeah, just Google it now. All right. Pool lizard. <laughs> it has like, what is it sitting at? Like 58, like 1400 views? views or something. Oh, okay. So not very much. And it's just like a guy recording lizards in his pool <laughs> with different themes. I don't know. It's it reminded me of that era. Uh yeah, there's um there's a, a series of pool lizard videos. I happen to think yes. uh I had a ranking of them somewhere. I don't remember. They're all pretty yeah. good. He's sold out they're to all, one of them. They're all worth a they're all worth a watch at least. I love the idea that there's a guy who just like <clears throat> lives his normal life every day. But if he sees a lizard out, a lizard outside, it's like that's what he's doing for the next like two days. Yeah, he's fucking. It's like cutting. I'm gonna in, record like, this lizard, lizard in my pool, and then I'm gonna like put a wrapper around it. Uh, that's like a parody of like any number of things. There's a really, there's a really weird thing happening on like social media, like TikTok kind of specifically, where like the alpha male tough guys, like the Andrew, the people that want to be Andrew Tate, yeah, are getting out and making videos. 
And I can't think of anything weaker than doing that. Like, I'm sorry. I just think it's so pathetic. But, like, it cracks me up every time because they all have to prove how masculine they are. So, like, they'll yeah. do whatever ridiculous thing they can. And my favorite ones are, like, the guys working on oil rigs. So they'll stop whatever oil. I don't know anything about oil rigs. But they'll stop what they're doing so that they're in their hard hat and, like, safety gear. And they'll have somebody, probably somebody they're supposed to be training and film them, do a whole thing where they're like, if you're not making money and you can't stand here and do these 20-hour days, then you're a little bitch. And I'm like, dude, what? you're recording this for teenagers. You stopped your real That's job so and your real funny, responsibilities actually. so that you could talk about how tough you are for, like, a bunch of 13-year-old kids? That sounds like copium for, like, uh, blue-collar yeah. jobs. Actually, it does. And it's not it's one like or you, two. You have to constantly say how hard you're working. Yeah, there are like hundreds of these people. How about you just work? <laughs> how about you just do that? I did that. I don't know. Yeah, that, that I haven't seen any of that, but that is hilarious that people are actually doing that. I still get. I don't know. Everybody my job has to like all the time. Everybody's constantly seeking like affirmation yeah. these days. I'm yeah, like, well, you, and it's like you have everybody to, people have to buy in. One of the things it just seems really convenient that like. Um, <laughs> everybody has like their lens that like whatever framework or thing that they've thought of or that they subscribe to just so happens to perfectly describe and interpret and predict every good and bad thing that happens in the universe. It's like, yes, like, <laughs> it's like these things, yeah. you know, whatever, like systems and organizations and whatever, like things that happen and like the way society and the world and whatever is. Is it like a like an endless historic push pull of like a million different forces or whatever? It's like, <laughs> oh, it's like that because of this. Where's my yeah. Nobel Prize? Well, it's it's funny like how because like back in the day, conspiracy theorists and stuff like people would like you'd like come across a conspiracy theory that was like funny or like interesting or like and but you you knew that the person making it was like had the conspiracy brain, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. There's no actual end with those people. And it seems like that's spread to like lots of other things now. With just like d interpreting how the world works. Like you come across like some video of a guy explaining like something very specific. But then it's like because of all these other very specific factors that took place that are like this is the way that it is because of these reasons yeah, and then I actually, it, but then if you like try to f come to like some conclusion about any of it with the person it's like yeah. no it's there's always something a step above that <laughs> yeah that's I, causing I super all these agree. yeah it seems like a lot more people are conspiracy brain now um and like yeah i yeah it, i i super agree with that it it definitely seems like that and uh you can't help but think it's just because of the way the internet is like everybody can be validated in an instant. You just search and then you'll find one random person filming. It's a filming in portrait me. in his pickup truck with like wraparound Oakley's and <laughs> yeah, it's just like saying um, oh, they're taking the chickens out and they're fucking them. <laughs> they're, um, <laughs> I was talking to my mom. Uh, this is an aside. Um, to the other thing I was going to say, I was talking to my mom uh, and she had mentioned, we were just talking about whatever, like food prices, oh, like eggs are really expensive. Yeah. And she goes, oh yeah, the eggs are, or the chickens are laying less eggs or fewer <laughs> eggs would be fewer eggs. Uh, and I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, oh yeah, well I saw, you know, I follow all these people on TikTok who have chickens and like all, everybody's chickens are making less eggs. 
They're organizing. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> there's no. That's po- a chicken like, run reference. I don't know, I don't know how to engage with it. Um, so I'm just like, oh damn, that's crazy. But like, actually, like, <laughs> what? Is, what's the theory here? <laughs> I don't know, but it's that's Biden's a, fault. What do we think is <laughs> happening here? Isn't it just avian flu? Like the there's yeah, like, they a killed, strain- like a fuck ton of birds like a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's it's gonna correct itself. I know better than anyone how expensive eggs are right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> true, true. We buy a shitload of eggs at the yeah. uh, the bakery. Like, I don't know. They're everybody wants like eggs. every everybody wants to explain everything that's bad that's happening to them as some kind of plot. Any yeah, anytime I hear somebody use the word they, I just instantly throw everything they say in the trash. Well, yeah, <laughs> they like, that's not what they want, or like they're trying to. It's like okay. <laughs> okay. You think there's a cabal We're of like here. government <laughs> officials who are like, and now we'll deploy the microchip to make the chickens lay less eggs. Yeah, and then the paws will have to eat the bugs. I just, I just want to say, I hate um, Jews. Oh. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Um, we lost them. They I shut hate, them down. I, no, no, sorry. <laughs> I they hate. Did. I hate. So conspiracy theorists, here's I love conspiracy theories, and I love talking about them in a safe environment. Really, genuinely do. I hate how smug and uh, conspiracy art theorists have become, and I hate the superiority complex that they have. Um, and maybe you don't know any conspiracy theorists, but I happen to know lots of them. And it's no longer like, hey, I think that the chickens are laying less eggs because of these factors, like the temperature or whatever. Or, or because Biden wants them to with the drones in the air, right? Yeah. Now yes. It's, oh well, that God, one's obviously true, but it's so toxic and it's so much like, see, told you you'd come crawling back to the truth that only I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, yeah. so annoying. It's driving me crazy because, and, and it's always like conspiracy theorists in quotes ten thousand truthists zero, and it's like, what true. are you? What yeah. are you talking about? You guys well, haven't had the- any victories. <laughs> There's been like, I think it's been in like recent history. There's been a rash. Like, I'm gonna qualify what I'm about to say with a huge asterisk. There's been a rash of people like, con, air quotes, conspiracy theories actually becoming like tr- knowledge, like true knowledge. But the 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 asterisk is these people that where it's like it's confirmed as truth have already been spouting. Literally thousands of other insane ideas, and then three of them happen to be correct, and then suddenly every other claim is validated in their mind. Well, and it's like a backwards way of thinking that, like, lack of evidence of the thing you're saying is, like, reincorporated into your thing. Yeah, it's actually evidence of it taking (laughs) place. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's one in particular on my Snapchat who's, like, with these balloons going, which is very – maybe we can get into that, maybe not, maybe we want to, maybe we don't. The other balloons that have been being shot down lately, and um, she posts on there, and it's like more. It's always Morpheus in the Matrix, right? And it's always <laughs> like it, it, what she does is she takes a picture of somebody asking, like, "This is all just a psyop to distract us from what something bigger going on." There are no uh, the UFOs. distraction. The the it's always IQ a distraction, isn't and then it? Yeah. and then yeah. no, and then the next one is it's Morpheus holding out the pills, and it's her writing this in, and it's just like you're still asking the wrong questions. If you want to break the Matrix, just DM me and I will show you the truth. 
I cannot stand that. They're trying it to distract you from the M and M's. Yeah, yeah, it's. <laughs> They're making the M&M's less sexy. Don't you understand? And what they'll do is they'll post every other conspiracy theorist and they're like, only I know the way. You have to follow me. You're not asking the right questions. And I'm like, just shut up. Oh. Yeah. Dude, the, <laughs> just, um, this is kind of related. This is, I, I put this as a topic like, I don't know, like six weeks ago or something. Um, are you guys familiar with imposter syndrome? We probably are. Oh, yeah. I live, I live in yeah. it. I live in it. Yeah, Tom, you too. Yeah, and probably everybody listening. I, yeah, I mean, part of part of the point of this segment is that everybody's heard of it, right? It's now, <laughs> it's now. I think it's so ubiquitous now that people who are actually incompetent and feel like they're incompetent just cope and say that they have imposter syndrome. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, I, they're actually imposters. But but I it's will, like, I will. It's break like that. the it's the self soothing thing that everybody can tell them because now everybody knows about it. So like nobody's no. actually incompetent. I'll break that and I'll tell you that I am horrifically incompetent at my job for somebody who's been doing it for eight <laughs> eight years. Um, things will come up in my job regularly and it'll be things that everybody knows and I don't. And they'll be like, really? You don't know that? And I'm like, eh, I guess not. <laughs> I'm, Why I, don't do? I am that. I am that. I'm what you're talking about. But I've never comforted myself with imposter syndrome. What I say instead is that I went into the wrong profession and now I just have to live in it because I have a family to support. <laughs> Yeah. It's wild times, man. Yeah. Lots of dumb people thinking that they're correct. Yeah. True. See, this is why And I'm the only one that actually This knows is my the truth. Th- my two step problem of fixing America. Okay. I'm yeah. gonna be running Go for the uh the elections. Oh you'll the break the matrix? Year. Is that what you're saying? If I follow yeah. you? Here's here's <laughs> how you break the matrix. Allow some bullying in school. Uh-huh. Yeah, to All an right. extent I agree with that. People need to face adversity at a young age and know how to like cope and overcome with uh, overcome it. Step two: allow completely free range bullying on the internet of <laughs> any know, kind. Yeah, we've had we've had this meme before, but like we need like at least like the purge for the internet. We need like yeah. a week where you, <laughs> where you can just do whatever. Um, don't like don't silence any voice or take or anything. <laughs> Just let it all sort itself out because it will. You just gotta let it happen, and it'll be uncomfortable for some people. It definitely will. Isn't that what Elon Musk was trying to do I've until people started making fun of him? Believe. Well, yeah. That, oh God, that's a that's a <laughs> meme. Like the, the fucking guy who would keep hash uh, like air quotes doxing his jet yeah. travels, but it's just like that's all public information. Yeah. Yeah. I really, that was pretty funny. He was like, everybody should say whatever they want, no matter what. And it's a free internet. And I bought Twitter so that anybody could say whatever they want. And then people started doing blue check marks by his name being like, my wife left me. And he's like, okay, <laughs> all right. Maybe we don't have free. Maybe there are some things we shouldn't joke about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it like as toxic as it may seem at the outset, it would level off. It's like, uh, I disagree with talk- that. I'll, they talk I'll, I'll about be the other, like I'll be the opposite of view of that. They talk about like lowering the uh, drinking age, right? Because it promotes like drunkenness when you turn twenty-one. Like, there's arguments that like uh, countries like Germany, who you can drink when you're sixteen. There's a lot, a lot less binge drinking. True, I've never seen a drunk not... German. True. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's true. probably more of a cultural thing than a yeah. Like, I think attitude it is. Because like, ad- like if you did that I, here yeah. tomorrow. 
everybody would just go on insane binge drinking parties at whatever the new age is, right? Yeah. Like, well, it's it's probably more with like the glorification of like drinking or like being yeah. drunk or like partying and all that kind of stuff. But like the like having a little bit of uh that adversity sprinkled in throughout your day and you just kind of get a thick skin to it. You know? I think that was like an old internet kind of thing. It's like people shit talked all the time about the dumbest shit. And then eventually you just had to kind of deal with it and like realize that this is a separate thing from like existence. And I think it's blended together too much now where people's online lives and their regular lives are now becoming way too intertwined. Yeah. It's too personal. One thing that the internet seems like it broke is like people don't see nobody seems to be able to understand the motivations of anybody that they disagree with it's it's like um like well well democrats are evil because they just want to institute the new world order and control our minds and republicans won't give money to homeless people because they hate the poor and want them to die it's like (laughs) (laughs) holy shit do you actually think that is that just like what you post for like a bunch of retweets or like or do you actually is that what you actually walk around thinking of like other people around you yeah people probably um, i think you you can form your identity to what's getting you the most response i think it starts out as i think the the internet is a great is literally the social experiment and that everybody tries a billion different identities and then they stick to the one that gets them the most attention because that's really what you're trying to do right it probably is true and, yeah and then yeah. when when so much of your when you're chronically online and you attach so much of yourself to that persona that you're putting forth i mean your brain just becomes that in a way. And and I don't know. I used to think oh everybody's self-aware enough to know that the internet isn't real life. And now I kind of agree with you. I don't I don't think that everybody has that. I think there are a lot yeah. of people who think that the internet What happens is to real the life? meme of like don't believe anything you read on the internet? Yeah. Like that used to be like a, a oh, yeah. staple of like being online is like pretty much just assume anything you're being told is wrong. Yeah, but then people it, over 50 discovered Facebook. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's, that's what it, it is. Was over. Like, it was yeah, over. and then all Literally, of a sudden, everything's true. Yeah, yeah, when we were kids, it's like, okay, well, you can use Wikipedia, but you need four, five other sources or whatever. Yeah. And now it's like, well, I saw on uh, nanobotsandvaccines.net. <laughs> yeah. It's like, holy shit, this is my, the same my, people. The most, the most incredibly insightful thing I've ever seen about this is the person. The, uh, there was a documentary on Netflix about social media. And there was the engineer who invented the concept of the like button on Instagram <laughs> okay. or Facebook. Uh-huh. And he was like, it just, he's like, the idea was just that somebody could like somebody else's picture. He's like, it couldn't have been more innocent. He's like, and then you flash forward 10 years and I find out that there are 13 year olds killing themselves because their selfies aren't getting enough of these little clicks. He's like, and that's going to be my, my, um, my Oppenheimer moment is that I destroyed the world with no intention of doing so. And I've killed thousands of people by something as completely ubiquitous as a like button. Yeah. And that's, Crazy, man. that's where we're drug. at right now. That's, that's where we're at. Um, the one thing that I will disagree with you is I don't think the internet would ever sort itself out. And I mean, we'll never know. And, and I'm not going to like argue with you about it in like a, I'm right and you're wrong kind of way. I think that the one thing we've learned about the internet is that there is no cap to it. And that it is a world no of extremes that will continue to for real, for real. That will continue to get worse and worse. And if we, I don't know, I don't know how policed it is now. But if we took away that, whatever there is policing it, I don't think that it would sort itself out. Everything yeah. else that you said, I agree with. 
And again, I'm not trying to get in your face and be like, nah, point my finger. And get out of my face. That's just Sam. the one thing that you said that didn't register is right to me. I don't. I don't. I think we're to a point now where the internet's just going to win. Yeah. However, that looks. I guess I'd I'd like to believe that <laughs> uncapped with as much vitriol as the internet can have to offer that it would shake out. But you're right. I don't know. Who knows? There's not really a way to put that genie back in the bottle. <laughs> but yeah, we can pretend. We can LARP here on the talk shop. The only thing I know, for an absolute fact, I was talking about this with a psychiatrist the other day, and it's one of the most interesting conversations I've ever had, is that social media absolutely fast-forwarded our cerebral evolution about a thousand years well before we were ready for it. Like as a tribal species, right, you're supposed to care about what your neighborhood is doing. Your community. Like, that's what we've gotten up to. That's how we survived the cave bears. That's how we did all this stuff. And now all of a sudden, you know what the whole world thinks about everything all the time. And our little brains aren't ready for that. And so that's why we're seeing this, these terrible repercussions of it is because we got space age technology when we were still cavemen. You know what I'm saying? Like, our brains yeah. are still <laughs> very much like, how do we come together as a community and make sure that we have bread through the winter? And now we're like, global warming and... and pandemics and all these things. And not only are we dealing with those things on our, our micro level. Now we, we know how Africa is dealing with it and we know how every opinion everywhere all over the country thinks about everything all the time. Yeah. That, right I think down to that how we look. That like blows and, my, that well, like, um, literally all of human, the, the entirety of human history uh, up until like literally 200 years ago, not less than that. It was like, <laughs> uh, the average person, worked harder on their average day than I ever have in my entire life and ever will. It like just to like subsist, just to not die, just to like subsist, just to like yeah, that's... keep continue living. I had and a now patient we've who gone from like... that to like literally like two, like two back to back full like age human lifespans, uh, like two old people being born and dying ago was that. I was wrestling <laughs> and with now like we're a... here. I was wrestling with like a 70 year old patient recently. Uh, Cause he was kind of a psych situation and uh, he was so freaking strong, man. And like when I got him calmed down and you know, things go where they're going to go. And then we're kind of talking. I was kind of like, how are you so strong, dude? I was like, cause I work out. Like, I'm not like a, like I go to the gym and you were whooping my ass. And he was like, well, you got to think about this right down to power steering, man. He's like, power steering is a new invention to me still. <laughs> like back in the day, even opening doors and turning your car was hard. <laughs> He's like, so we're just stronger people. And I was like, oh, no, that's probably very accurate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we all know this is an extension of them not knowing or not wanting you to know about the aliens. True. They invented hydraulic steering. Yeah. Yes. Uh, 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 and, and pumps. And then they started making the, the chicken slay so fewer eggs. Yeah. Aliens have the been protein, weakening so us for to make years. Us crickets or whatever, okay. yeah. Actually, speak. Yes, yeah, the I'll aliens. Just, thank have, you. This they is invented what I power steering. They invented the internet, yeah. and they're trying to make us weaker as a species so that the invasion will go off without a hitch. Well, I'm here to tell you, it's not happening. I'm I serious. see what you're I want doing. To know, I want to know. I want to know this right now because y'all are connected people. <laughs> okay. This meme of the bug burgers or whatever. <laughs> have you yeah, ever I been offered one? Bugs. Have you ever been encouraged to eat bugs? Because maybe I'm just sheltered. I have never. I, I've had no, to eat crickets in the I, army. I don't know where this conspiracy class. came from. Um, I yeah. want to know where this idea that the liberals it's, want everybody you get to eat bugs. shoved in a pod and you eat bugs. Yeah, That's I, I won't. I won't live in the pod. I will not eat the bugs. 
And to the people that believe that that's the future are terrified of it, wait until you find out what's actually in a McDonald's burger, because it's not a cow. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> McDonald's would never lead me astray. <laughs> I'm just curious, because, like, it's all over everything. Like, oh, the liberals want you to eat bugs, and I won't eat the bugs. And it's like, who's... <laughs> Where is it? Who's tried to get you to eat bugs? Nobody has I, ever been I, like. I have to say, yeah, not not to pick this as like a straw man or whatever, because because, yeah. but but like, like you said, I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty online. I see like a lot of like the political memes and whatever, like stuff that's going on. I've only ever seen, and usually it's ironic, like opposition to eating bugs. I've never in my whole life ever seen anyone unironically saying, "Yeah, we should we should eat bugs. It'd be pretty cool." I've never never I've not seen it once. And it's I've become only like that ever and, seen the anti-bug memes. That and gas yeah. stoves. And the gas stoves <laughs> no is another bugs. one. Nobody's come from, from nobody's ever tried to regulate my stoves. I don't gas know. Gas stoves and up. bugs. Yeah. I know. It was like a like it was like a study and it was like in some like the gas stove thing. Um it was like a study that like uh kids who grow up in homes with gas stoves disproportionately have some like respiratory health issues. It's like, okay. And there were like senators on Twitter, like literally (laughs) being like, you'll take my gas stove over my dead body. Nobody. Yeah. As far I could be wrong, but as far as I know, there was no, nobody was actually proposing anything. It was just like one of 7 trillion studies that comes out a day. And like that one just fucking exploded. I don't know why. And people would just berserk about it, man. Like, I don't and then, know. and then the thing, this, and, and I will, I will see that this does unironically happen, um, because everything is so toxic that I there will be an insane overreaction. People start freaking out like about their stoves being taken away, um, when like literally nobody was even <laughs> like it's like who are you talking to? But because everything is so toxic, just because uh, that side is so mad about it, some people will unironically start talking. Oh, maybe that is a good idea. Like that, that <laughs> definitely does happen. But, I believe that. I, I do um, actually believe that, but yeah, I I don't know what the impetus. I yeah, it uh, that that seemed like it blew up out of absolutely nowhere. Yeah, there's like, a lot of reason. ghost fighting going around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True, yeah. People like just punching the air at ghosts, like things that don't actually exist, like the ideal or the like what they think in their mind as the opposition, but nobody actually believes it. And you just kind of like you're you're fighting this thing that doesn't exist. In anybody's brain, and it's on both. It's like left and right both do oh, this yeah, same kind of stuff, and it's it's so like having like I don't want to sound like a, a hipster or anything, but having disconnected slightly from all of like social media and all that kind of stuff, and just interacting with people generally. Based. Yeah, nobody is like that. And the people yeah, that people are like terminally like online, yeah, yeah, like you, you come across people all the time, and they might have like some wackadoo ideas, but everybody kind of has those. But like generally, people are halfway decent still, even post all this stuff. Like they they still mean well, and they don't want to like upset anyone or. Yeah, no. that's the thing you I have think... to remind yourself of constantly. Like whenever you're whenever you're seeing like on Reddit or Twitter or whatever, where, wherever you're seeing like some insane hot button issue that everybody's talking about. Just remember, if you go into the real world, if you go to like a grocery store or a gym or work or whatever, and you start talking about it, nobody's going to know what the fuck you're talking about or care at all. <laughs> if you exactly, try to explain yeah. it, nobody cares. Yeah. Yeah. 
that that That's, shit yeah. it we we th- i think we think it has more influence than it does most of yeah. it doesn't bleed even begin to bleed over into real life if there's uh, one thing i can impart the stakes to my are daughter, really low <laughs> yeah if there's one thing i can impart to my daughter one thing that will set her free for her entire life and, and if i could share it with whoever's listening to this if you need to hear it genuinely ten thousand percent probably nobody cares about anything you're doing um, i think that's one thing everybody needs to learn yeah. nobody cares about you I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, unironically, I, I know it sounds like cold. No, but I'm, like, trying good, like, I, I'm, I'm trying to make it like positive. It's a feature. It's a good, yeah. Like, let's say you're at the yeah, gym like, and you're like afraid to do a lift because people will judge you. Nobody is watching you. They are so yeah. self-absorbed and self-involved. They don't care. Uh, unless you, unless God forbid you look at them and give them a reason to post you on TikTok. Dude, have you ever gone to them. a store and fucking half yeah. the people are just standing in the middle of like blocking the whole aisle? Like, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what planet they're on. Like, that's what's, and they look at you like somewhere. zombies when you ask yeah. them to move because they were <laughs> yeah, so like, they were so unaware that you existed five seconds before you said, "Can yeah. you please move?" That they that's everybody. That's like, the yeah. world. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> true. Everybody's focused on their own shit. Like, yeah. you don't need to worry about that kind of stuff. There's a freedom in that, and it's true. And like, like it goes all the way down to your ambitions in life and your dreams and everything and anything new you might want to try like genuinely, except for the people that maybe are in a position that they have to care because it will somehow propel them to a better place. Nobody else cares or is watching you or thinking about what you do or anything. You are yeah. not, however much you think like somebody's thinking about you when they're not around you, they are not, you are not anybody's main character because everybody's their own. Right. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. <laughs> The mental real estate is occupied yeah. currently. You have to yeah. think about the realization like that we're all in, like you're not stuck in traffic. You are the traffic. That's something that I always like to remind myself of. Um, the same way you spend so much time thinking about yourself and all the things that you're trying to do and your goals and aspirations and yourself and your insecurities. Every other person is thinking that exact same amount about their own. And as you know, when you're doing it, you don't have time to think about the person that maybe made a funny sound at the grocery store because that was come and gone and didn't actually impact you whatsoever. Yeah. It's like, you ever have those moments where you're like, you replay a conversation in your mind that you had with like probably a stranger and you're like, I should have said this or yep. like, you know, and like you get so hell bent on like, like being really upset about how it went down. And it's just like the, the person that you had that conversation with that where you might've said something awkward or like, <laughs> Doesn't remember, uh, yeah. like off, they, they don't care. Like this, they've never thought like, about it again. <laughs> yeah. And if you bring it, because there's like everybody, like I think has a moment where they try to bring that up again yep. with the yeah. person yeah, they had a conversation yeah. Yeah. with and they're like, Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, and then, and then and just like, try oh. to think to yourself, <laughs> when was the last time you were on the other side of one of those where like, damn, that thing, that, that thing, that guy said was really weird. I wonder why he said like, how, how often are you stopping and thinking that about something someone says to yeah. you? Yeah. You like, might like never. right after the thing. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. Just, but then it's just like, I mean, then it's like, okay, the toast is done. Yep. Like <laughs> there's something else that'll immediately take, occupy your attention. Like yeah. it's, there's not, it's not worth fretting over. Yeah. There are people that I went to college with that I saw recently. I was like, Hey, remember this? And they're like, no. I was like, oh yeah. Cause it really wasn't anything to you. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> That makes sense. <laughs> and yeah, again, it sounds kind of heartless or like cold or like cynical, but it's kind of the reality of things, right? Yeah. You're never you're never going to matter as much to somebody else, except for maybe family. Um, except for yeah. Jeff Bezos. Yeah. What except he says Jeff goes. Bezos. Whatever <laughs> Jeff Bezos says, Jeff Bezos goes. That was terrible. 
but I stand. Yeah, that was good. Uh, should we get into <laughs> what we originally dis- yeah, d- well, pitched we as the topic? Oh, yeah. I want to play a game with you guys, just real yeah, quick. Right. This will okay. be really. I love cool. games. I will give you five thousand dollars if you guys can tell me what you think happened five minutes before we started recording today. Uh, I'm sorry. Can you say that if I can guess what? Sorry. What happened to me five five minutes before we started recording today? Oh. Let's see. Five minutes. Uh, we've been recording for about an hour. Yeah, it would have to be pretty. It's I don't know. Probably not work related. You reached into the fridge and you grabbed some craft uh, singles, but they're moldy. <laughs> nope. Damn. All right. Um, I'm out. If you I... guessed that my whole house shook when all of my ice dams fell and literally knocked down my deck. <laughs> oh are. my god. Yeah, we thought oh the god. rapture was happening. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. Are your gutters okay? Uh yeah, the gutters stayed up. Uh I reinforced them in the in the summer. It was a warm uh, day. They're today. bent. Uh it was warm today and suddenly our whole house started shaking. And we were like, what the hell? And then we heard the craziest sound and then like I went and I opened up the back of my port my deck and i was like what the hell happened and i looked down and, and like my porch collapsed because the ice dams hit it so hard the heavy ice dams fell all at once and knocked it off Dang. its legs <laughs> oh why has life got to be the way it is sometimes i mean all in all as far as like structural damage to your house that's okay like you know whatever we won't rebuild the deck we'll just put a staircase there but how <laughs> it's just crazy man life is nuts it always hits you when you at least want it to. Yeah. Uh, that's like, yeah, I think we talked about it on the podcast, but the, my basement flooding back uh, at our old house. And it's like, everything's fine one day, and then all of a sudden everything is shit. <laughs> <laughs> In like no seconds flat. Like It's it's, just... it's crazy to be at the back of my house. Now there's no actual like safe structural way to leave the back of my house. Like it's just gone. <laughs> Nature just wiped it out. Like it's now like, there's just nope, a door. You don't out. get a deck yep, actually. There's just a door D- out it's to funny, a fall. Because you sit around, <laughs> you buy a house, and you're like, "Oh, this is cheap as fuck." Like, why did I ever, re-, you know, like you like how sick it is, yeah. um, and like, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> it starts breaking. <laughs> the the economics of why rent costs more uh, become clearer <laughs> very quickly. <Yeah. laughs> Ah, uh, I yeah, wish I had a get, house. We can get into it. You will. You'll have a house soon. One day. Very soon. One day. Don't get one with a porch. All right. Noted. <laughs> Especially if there's going to be ice dams. True. Yeah, yeah, my I got lucky there. My my roof is really steep. I don't really get that much buildup of anything. Nice. We had ice dams, but they melted. But they didn't fall and collapse a porch, so... <laughs> I guess we should count our lucky stars on that one. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe anyway. you took your whole deck down. I'm sorry to. Oh yeah, it's it's crazy, again, man. But... It's like a tsunami taking out a whole house. Like there's just no deck there anymore. <laughs> You've been on my deck. I think I, you both have. <laughs> yeah, it's just not there anymore. <laughs> oh my god. You open the door and it's just straight down, and somewhere underneath a bunch of snow is what used to be my deck. <laughs> Damn. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, go on, Tom. I was just going to say uh, our original impetus for these early season eight episodes was going to be revisiting things that we uh, never really touched on that we're enjoying, like stuff that 
didn't make the cut for the Megasode or like that we that came out, we just glossed over briefly. Uh, just like things that we've we've enjoyed that maybe didn't get discussed very much. So, in that vein, uh, the first episode is going to be video games that we're all we might have played or enjoyed but didn't ever bring up on the podcast or failed to mention entirely. And does it, are these uh, confined to any kind of year or any, are there any no. constraints on these whatsoever? Okay. No, like, like there's been a number of games that I've come vi- like f- visited for the first time for that are like way after they were released. Okay. And, okay. 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 Sure. So yeah, I don't know if anyone wants to kick it off. Otherwise I can. <clears throat> yeah, I'll kick I... it off. I got it. I have a good one. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Um, Hi-Fi Rush, for it's free on Xbox Game Pass. Rhythm-based yeah. game. Um, it's just I've heard action. nothing but good things about this game, and I uh, know nothing about it. So all it is is you're just fighting and blocking and and parrying and all the stuff to the beat of a song that's constantly playing. And when you get in the groove, it feels like you're jamming out. It's a lot of fun. Nice. I don't have more to so say. Than I, that. that came that out really like. Good. That came out somewhat recently, like yeah, in the yeah. last. It was month shadow or so, dropped. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've been playing that and enjoying it a lot, but I don't know that I would have ever brought it up and talked about it. So, you know. But yeah. It's okay. I, I gotta check that out. I think I have it downloaded on my Series S. It's really worth. It I mean, it's really worth playing. I it's should very check fun. it out. If it's on Game Pass, I I really should. You it, it it's like uh do you remember that game you had us play where we had to like tap the space bar or click to the beat? <laughs> yeah. It's that to its highest form. Okay. I mean, if you enjoyed okay. that at all, you'd enjoy this game a lot. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. I like a nice rhythm game. Yeah, yeah same. It's been a while since I played uh, a cool rhythm game. Um, I oh, let's see. I, I've got a few that I can do if the release year is unconstrained. Um, I picked up a game called Plate Up. Uh, which plate is like up. Plate Up. Yep. It's right. um it's like an isometric like uh you you run a little restaurant. My, this this might be a little too realistic for you. To, <laughs> this <laughs> is too real. This game. Um but like you run a restaurant it's 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 almost like a roguelike I guess you would say. Um where you open a like an X restaurant like a burger place or steak or pizza or you know whatever. There's like a million different things. Um and you do like the little mini this like mini game prep work of like prepping all the ingredients and making the thing and like getting all the plates out and washing dishes clearing whatever um clearing tables uh and like trying to get through to the end uh like managing all your time and doing everything like min maxi super autistic efficiently in the right order so like you know to have as much free time so you can finish um super fun multiplayer game uh like with with um with friends and we you know whatever online super super fun uh, it's just a cool game. I, I just like that and Super Mega Baseball are like the games that I just keep going back to. Yeah, I think uh, I've heard of this game at least before. I never heard of it, but it sounds fun. Through my brother-in-law, he's been really enjoying it. But I like I never I assumed it was just like another Overcooked, but I assume it's different than that. I don't know if I ever hang on. Let me see. Overcooked. Overcooked. It's like uh a team uh time based like you you get the plates out like you you're each working together in a kitchen to try to assemble a certain dish 
and then okay. you get it on the counter. I don't know. It's yeah. I never heard I of this game. This game does kind of look like Play-Doh. <laughs> oh, well, then there where you go. I can't. I can't. I don't see any gameplay. I just mean like, just like aesthetically, it looks a lot like it. It might be, the game itself might be really similar too. I don't know. I haven't played it, so I can't say. Uh, but yeah, I played up. Cool game. Sweet. Uh, I've been playing, or up until recently, I had been playing Motorsport Manager. Oh, oh I love manager yeah. games. I, like I love manager games. Yeah, and I like I'd never <laughs> liked manager games before. I love them. Like I, I try to play <laughs> out of the park baseball and other like. Uh, Dude, that game really is so. I bought that heavy. game. It is so autistic. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, you have to be like you have to really love baseball to play that yeah. game. Yeah, that was not. I don't um, think that one's for me. But Motorsport Manager is like it's a nice balance. It's almost like FTL in a way. Uh. Which is faster than light. It's like a an indie game that came out where you can manage a starship, right? And you're basically like the team principal for like a racing team, and you're picking the best drivers, trying to get the components, trying to get thing like get an edge on your team. But then there's also like race day stuff where you're like managing everything about how your team is performing that day, whether it's like for like qualifying or like sending out cars at specific times like, with like clean air trying to keep them away from crowds and stuff but trying to set the best lap time so you qualify higher I don't know it's really interesting and it's it's deceivingly simple but it's like a pretty complex game all things considered I think maybe I just haven't found the meta or like the meme on how to, how to do it but yeah it's been really fun it's a good choice all the sport <laughs> games that I wind up getting really into are like they look really simple and they're really easy to get into, but like the re- like Super Mega Baseball is like that. Like that game yeah. is super simple and anybody can play it. But if you go, if you get like super super into it, it's a pretty good like baseball sim. Like I yeah. would say, it works I would really say well. that's the the key to getting me to play a game at, at my age and in this time of my life is it has to start out simple and then like boil the frog with complexity yeah <laughs> because yeah, yeah. there are some yeah. games that it's and one really good ones that you guys have recommended and ones that i would love to play and get really into um nice and fair. but they 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 <laughs> they front load they front load all of the craziness um and i just there comes there i i probably talked about it a million times on this podcast i'm sorry if you've heard this before there comes a point where playing a game feels so much like work that i may as well be working and if you hit that point i'm going to stop playing <laughs> yeah just yeah, if I have true. so much to learn or so much to understand and like so many things to master that I could literally pick up a real skill instead of doing it, I'm going to, I'm going to turn you off. Like that's just how it's going to go. Um, yeah. So, and but yeah. a game that starts simple and then gets complicated, like slowly, those are the most fun. Cause then you feel like you've been tricked into it, but you're having a good time. You've been having fun the whole way. Yeah. Yeah. And like, uh, uh like, <laughs> For like the beginner um, difficulty on this game, you're basically taking over a very poor team that has like unlimited leeway with like the your backers and stuff. Where it's just like, just try to take above tenth place once <laughs> out of twenty, and then we'll we'll call it good for the season. Like you're good after that, but then it's like so hard, <laughs> like managing your team and trying to get it like to that level where you're like actually somewhat competitive i don't know it's it's a really interesting 
Fun thing. Uh, are you playing it's the, also been... the F1 one or the Motorsport Manager that came out a few years ago? Not not the not the F1 licensed one. The motor okay. the Sega Motorsport Manager. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's really fun, and there's like different uh, race types you can do. You can do like the endurance race, like 24 hours, like Le Mans style. I should racing that game. That was a fun then. There's game. like there's like the F1 uh, style, you know, Grand Prix circuit, that kind of stuff. And then I think there's just like a road car one or something like that. I don't know. It's all really interesting. Um, and it's, you know, bolstered by the fact that I, I've started watching F1 and enjoying it. And I was like, hey, it'd be kind of fun to play a game like this. I want to be like Christian Horner. <laughs> <laughs> you want to cheat on but your wife yeah. five times? Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> or to- this is so not right, Michael. <laughs> no, Michael, no. Uh, we went motor racing. Or ri- no, car racing. I don't remember what he said. I, I think maybe it was motor. I can't remember, actually. It's called a race. We went motor racing. Yeah. I, I don't remember what he said. That was. That's, you uh, that? If you know, you know. <laughs> I don't know. So I'm. Watch. Okay. Left. You unironically watch Formula One Drive to Survive. Like, you yeah, don't even sure. have to care about Just Formula One for a second. Just watch it. It's super entertaining. I watched a couple of those. It was really good. Then why'd you stop? Because it failed to make me want to finish it. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> too good for an international sport about yep. cars going quick, huh? Absolutely. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what's that was number threes for all of us, I guess. I, oh, are we doing like ranked? Well, we don't have to like rank them. <laughs> we never like came to a consensus people. on chat what we were really doing. So yeah, we're just kind of winging it. Sure. Anything else? Sam. I mean, my number two, I guess, would be a game called Rogue Legacy Two. I haven't played it in a while, but I really liked it. It's a uh, yeah. I played the first one a lot. Yeah, it's it's just another roguelike, which is probably my favorite genre these days. Uh, the thing that it masters is the fact that you always feel like you're progressing, so you can always sink points into a permanent. Um, modality of growth that makes you feel like you're actually getting stronger every time you play, uh, which is the key to those games for me. I hate the ones where they strip that away. Uh, Returnal yeah. for PS5 was one where I never felt like I was progressing, and so I just dropped it. Yeah, you start from square one like every time. Yeah, Rogue Legacy 2, you really do feel like you're getting somewhere, and I did beat it and enjoyed it, and I put quite a bit of time into it when I played, but I don't think I ever talked about it with like anybody. So if you like roguelikes like I do and you want like a 2D platformer one, that one is a lot of fun. That one's funny too, because it's like the thrust of it is like genetic. Like yeah, like yeah. Genes so play a big that, part in it, so like you'll have like a deaf <laughs> hero or true. something like. Yeah, so the way they handle the roguelike element of it is that every time you die, your uh, your child takes over for you. So it's not the same person over and over again. It's your offspring carry on the mission for you, and they'll be born with certain things like being hotheads. And or yeah, being deaf or blind or whatever, or like colorblind or like yeah, mo- yeah, yeah. It is. It's, it's very fun. Worth your time, and it's not expensive either. So. Hell yeah, Corey. What else have you been playing? Uh, what else we got on the list here? Uh, oh, okay. Wait, hang on. I'm I'm throwing this one out just because we're talking about games. Um, one game that I know I'm going to get swallowed up by is the new Kerbal Space Program <laughs> that comes out in like uh, two weeks. 
It, is it that soon? Yeah. Oh, shit. I'm going to have to dust off the PC for that. Yeah. Kerbal I, Space Program is so great. It is so great. Oh, my dude, that game. I'm I'm actually super pumped. That one's... I'm going to get... That's going to be, like, this year's Dyson Sphere that I play, like, fucking 200 hours of that game. I thought um, that was coming to Xbox, and then it never did. I'm really bummed. I was going to play it. Is the new one not anymore? Or the old uh, the new one is going to be on Game Pass. It showed up like it was coming for Game Pass, and then it just disappeared from the... There was that in a game called Humanity that I was also excited to play, and they both were on the Coming Soon page. And then Damn, they just disappeared. There's up. been no like no news about it. <laughs> I, I, I hope it comes out. I imagine they probably will. Um, maybe not. I don't know. Um, but yeah, really looking forward to that one. But um, there's a, there's a game called Against the Storm that I picked up um, right before the new year. And it's like a little like kind of city manager type game but with a few like kind of bigger meta elements of like, like the weather is a big part. And like, there's like a cycle of like preparing for, you know, like, like the game says, you know, against the storm, preparing for the storm. Um, and like, you kind of always, um, it, Tom, remember Frostpunk? I was just thinking of Frostpunk. Yeah. Um, it's kind when of Frostpunky that like, you're always, every decision you make makes somebody mad. Um, and so you're yeah. always like push pulling, like trying to manage that thing. The game stressed me out, man. Frostpunk um, stressed me. Dude, yeah, Frostpunk game, is, like, is fucking that's bleak. like anxiety. The game. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this is this is a lot chiller than that. Uh, but yeah, just like little like city builder kind of roguelike ish, not really, but like ish. Um, yeah, fun game. Against not Storm, not that hard to get into. Um, just like a thirty minute tutorial or whatever, and you know what's up. Yeah. And then you're chilling. I used to love City Managers. I haven't played one in a really long time, but they, that used to probably be my favorite genre back in like my teenager days. I loved building a city and managing like the sewer systems and stuff. SimCity three thousand. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah that, it's a exactly good. That. It's a good time to be a city builder lover right now. You like your fucking Rim Worlds and like the Dwarf Fortress overhaul and. Yeah. So Rim World is one of those ones where I I, I have it and I tried getting into it and like there was just too much going on. Yeah, well, that game. Same. I've tried to get into RimWorld like three different times. I, it's hard. Yeah, I think That's one I of think the shiny I, examples I have of like one where I'm like, yeah. I think oh. ironically, <laughs> Dwarf Fortress is actually easier to get into than RimWorld. Um, yeah, the, I the think new one certain, I picked like, up, especially now. I like, think there's no like real tutorial. I mean, like after like a 30 minute YouTube tutorial, I think pretty much anybody can play the game and like get into it and like figure out the rest of it from there. But like RimWorld, you actually need like, I don't know, dude. The the systems in that game are so hard to use. You need like <laughs> so much trial and error and like wikis and YouTube videos and yeah, it's hard. Yeah, and like you'll never know how bad you're screwing yourself until it's too late. <laughs> yeah, true. And that's the same for Dwarf Fortress though too. That it's is like, true. Yeah. If you don't fail to prepare for some random unforeseen consequence, Half Life reference. Uh. You'll just get boned in the end. And, like, at least in Dwarf Fortress, it's usually funny how it happens or, like, there's yeah. something interesting about it just because of the way that the worlds generate and all that kind of stuff. And you're just like, oh, okay, so there was really no way to prevent this. <laughs> like, the the coming of the demon lord from <laughs> hell who just came up and decided, I'm going to eat 500 dwarves today. Um, But, yeah. It's definitely worth a, a checkout. Either way, but yeah, you're right. There's there seems to be a lot of like manage like civilization management games that are coming out, hot off the presses. 
Um, yeah. So uh, one thing I think I might have briefly mentioned it before, but I don't think we talked about it very much. The Dark Pictures Anthology. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Or, I remember you talking uh, about those on PlayStation. You like playing those with your wife, right? Like it's super wholesome. Like is it like a super wholesome? Yeah, it, it, it's nice. It's it's like a. <laughs> It's like you get your friends together and it's like a bad movie night, basically. Yeah. Where you like you watch something that you know is not gonna be like super great. And uh it's like oh, they're all horror themed. Um the writing is terrible. Like the characters just say things that are just so stupid sounding that it's like makes you question like somebody somebody actually got paid to write this stuff. It's like a, a frequent thought. But they're also fun and so cheesy in their own unique ways and they always have like some random b-list celebrity as like a main character so the most recent one the devil i'm really intrigued by that one because it seems kind of like a saw a saw yeah situation and i really like saw so i if there's one i've almost bought it's that one i haven't beaten it yet but they have the the okay so fargo season four the crazy nurse yeah she's like the main character or one of the main characters and uh, they had the eyebrows guy in the last one. You know which guy I'm talking about when I say the eyebrows guy, right? The you're getting paid. The eyebrows, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. The eyebrows guy. Um, He's, who was uh, the guy? Um, fuck the Russian guy. Was he the first or second game? Oh yeah, he's in. He was in Until Dawn. That's oh, what the hell's that guy's name? I always forget it. I always but forget yeah. too. He that guy. He was in. He was in an episode of Seinfeld. Yeah, he was in <laughs> the Frogger Machine. I think he was in John Wick Two. Um, yeah. What is that guy? I can't. I I don't know that guy's name. I think he's Norwegian. He's like he's like the European version of Steve Steve Buscemi. He just like looks weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And That's he, his old stick. And he has like he still has somehow has a super thick accent. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, they're all like they're all dumb and like some of them are like way worse than others, but like they're all good enough to. Have, gather some friends around and just kind of fart your way through. And they added like a don't play alone feature where it's like a hot seat variant where you each pick the characters you're going to play at the beginning. And then when that player, then when that character's like time is up, then you hand the controller to the person. Oh, that's cool. The character. I like that's that. So that's, cool. that's pretty fun. That would be a very fun party night for sure. So you could, you could be like the agent of chaos or it's like, I'm going to try to kill this person. <laughs> like, as soon as I possibly can, or like you, you can try to like keep them alive the whole game. Like the the impetus for all of them is like to keep everybody alive is like that's how you, I guess, win. win. But there's not really a a win state. It's just like the story ends with everybody alive. But yeah, they're they're tons of fun. Uh, most of the, if you have like the whatever the hell they call the PlayStation Advance subscription now, uh, they're like all on there. So definitely worth a. Worth a try at least. See what you think. Cool. Yeah. I have one more because I honest, honest to God, like I the games that I play, I typically talk about or end up on a list or I don't play yeah. them for very long or don't like them. But one that I will give another shout out to that I played through was a uh, Golden Eye. It got re released for Game Pass. Ah <laughs> uh, yes, oh, yeah. I played some too. A lot of the for games the I play. A, a lot of the games I play are, are the free ones on Game Pass because I'm sick of spending money. Uh, and Goldeneye, holy hell, did that game hold up? I like booted it up, and I was like, "Oh, I bet I won't like this as much as I did when I was seven. <laughs> and <laughs> I liked, I liked <laughs> it more. <laughs> yep. Right from the start, it was like pure, like an old endorphin pump getting turned on for the first <laughs> a long time. That game is amazing. 
it's yeah. the goat for a reason. I had a blast, and we need to play some multiplayer sometime because I think it's online multiplayer. I and, I hate to uh, break it to you, Sam. What? There is no online multiplayer for the Xbox version. What a bunch of stupid. There is for the Nintendo Switch version. That's oh. so stupid. That's really yeah, stupid. Yeah, it is mega stupid. That's like, like Nintendo exclusive. That's like thing, dropping or? the ball so hard. No, I, I well, it was two different dev teams working on oh, the ports. Oh, okay. Sure. And I mean uh, one was free. I mean, so I, I guess I can't complain too much. But still, that is pretty BM. Like that, we could play we could play Perfect Bark Dark online right now if we wanted to. I'm going to tell you that's, right now, I hate to admit, I would pay 20 bucks for just the online component. <laughs> I had so much fun. Playing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Slappers only? <laughs> yep. Or, no, my favorite thing to do in Goldeneye, and I would love to do it again, I would love to relive this particular core memory, was you went to the pyramid level with just rocket launchers, and you stood on different sides of the giant hole that's at the top floor of the pyramid. Yeah. And you just shot, like, the slow-moving rockets at each other over it, and it was like dodgeball. <laughs> And then uh, the other one was facility level with uh, timed mines. Or not timed mines, remote mines. And you try to set traps for each other and you'd run around and try to blow each other up. Yeah. I remember the uh, the caves level <coughs> with grenade launchers. And there was a part of the map where you could stand on a catwalk and lob grenades into like <laughs> another area of the map. I don't know. That game is... There's a lot of deep-seated gamer moment memories. I would I would do them all. I would do them all again. <laughs> <laughs> it's true all of it. let me relive it please send me back <laughs> just give me one more chance at life okay now maybe well can i tell you guys i've had two dreams lately yeah this is such a side swipe but they're so bizarre and i think you'll agree that they're worth talking about because i for the life of me can't figure out what they're trying to tell me about Go on. my underlying psychological state the first one and i swear to god these are real and unembellished <laughs> the first one was about two weeks ago and I was a North Korean child. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Starting yeah, strong. We're off to a good start. Go ahead. And it concentrate. I know. Whenever you're like, I'm going to tell you about my dream, everybody rolls their eyes. But I promise I wouldn't do this if I didn't think that there was entertainment value. I was a North, uh, <coughs> a North Korean child in a North Korean concentration camp. Um, and what they'd done is they'd repurpose like a giant water slide, like one of the inner tube ones. Yeah. And it was running bleach. Nice. And what we <laughs> okay, <laughs> what we would okay. do as the kids is we would walk, we would walk in a never-ending circle around this water slide, up and down, slapping around, just trying to get around it. And we had to repeat over and over again, "I hope they let us live." Like we had to say it like a mantra, like "I hope they let us live." <laughs> okay. I hope they let us live. And the whole point was is that our parents were being tortured down at the main camp for information, and they were using us as like emotional. Uh, leverage to get them to do whatever they needed them to do. So the whole point of the dream was that I was very aware that I was completely expendable and that my only value was that somebody else might give them information based on my safety. And I had to walk around this bleach and it was melting away my skin and it really hurt. That was the first dream. Jesus. Okay. <coughs> the second dream was last night. <laughs> and it was it's very hard to explain because this had a very weird structure to it. I was there, but I was also more of a narrator than an actual character in the dream. The dream itself was about a bus that would take you to a gas station in Reno filled with old people. Okay, specifically Reno. Yes, very specifically. Very nice. okay. An old rundown, like, uh, I don't know, that, like, and Texaco, some gas station. <laughs> it's filled with old people. And in this gas station in Reno, it was supposed to be in, like, a dystopian future. That wasn't super relevant, but it was. Um... There was a pit 
there was a hole in one of the bathrooms that went down to like a crazy lava pit. And what it was, was it was a euthanasia pit. Like you, you would get on like this, like well dolly and they'd lower you down and typically you'd pass out before you actually hit the lava. (laughs) And so it would, you'd pass out and then you just melt away in the lava. It was an easy way to die basically. (laughs) But people would go on like the spiritual journey out there. And I was somewhat on the bus, but I wasn't old or anything. And I was more watching it. And the whole story was there was a, it was a love story about these two old people that met on the bus and they both had terminal cancer and they fell in love. And over the course of the road trip to Reno, they decided that they wouldn't go in the pit. But then the guy Aww. remembered his, but then the guy remembered at the last minute when they got to the station, the guy remembered his ex-wife and he felt like he'd betrayed her. And so he snuck off. They slept together. It was very graphic. And then he snuck oh away and yeah, he snuck away in the night and he, and, and the way the dream ended and what I woke up to was his screams because he didn't fall asleep. Like he was supposed to, like he didn't pass oh out. So he actually God. hit the lava and his Damn. screams woke up the old lady who he just laid with and she realized what happened. And I saw her face and then I woke up. Damn. That's some rough stuff for a dream. Yeah, no joke, dude. Jesus. <laughs> what do you think my psyche's trying to tell me with those two it dreams? It seems like melting, not- melting is a theme. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. I had actually you. That's immediately an insight. You're right because um, my feet were melting in the bleach and then the lava. Hmm. Hmm. Are you sure you're not North Korean and you're a uh, uh, Manchurian candidate style? Sixteen percent sure. Or or maybe there's um maybe on some level you equate the residents, the fine residents of Reno, Nevada, <laughs> to the, the yeah. What did Reno do to North you? That's what I want to know. Uh, when you move towards intimacy and become less frigid, you may dream of something melting as a symbol mm. of your defensive tendencies are breaking. Ah, uh, of course. Yeah. I just Googled that. So <laughs> I guess I did mention that I've moved to a less stress, less stressful position at work. Okay. So now you're melting. So I wonder if my defenses are coming down, and so that's why I'm dreaming of melting. We don't have to get into maybe. it too much. That's I'm a maybe, dreamologist. That's maybe too abstract. I don't know. I'm not I'm not I've a studied person. a lot of Freud. I think it means you're gay. Yeah, probably. Well, I'll tell you what. Come on, as over. all dreams do. Here's, let's just you know what. Let's just get this. People think I'm autistic. People think I'm gay. I can't prove either of them. I'm wrong. I'll tell you what. Come over here. I'm gonna suck your dick, and let's figure right. this out <laughs> once and for all. All right, but if you like That'll it, I'm stopping them. it. <laughs> I just want to continue know. if you don't all. like it. Because I you don't I, like it, then I know <laughs> you're not gay. So I then it's not gay at all that it's happening. As long as you're not enjoying it, we can go to the end. But the second you start to like it, I'm pulling my dick out of your mouth. Yeah, I'm done. That's it. I'm not gay, and I'm not going to participate in gay activities. Deal. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Uh, I'm sure you guys both had games you wanted to talk about. Video games. (laughs) Number one for you. If you you know what my dreams meant, please reach out to me, because I would love it. I feel like it's like a wild... I wish I remembered more of my dreams. Sometimes I do, but it's pretty (laughs) rare. Yeah, not same. To, uh, I, I have not vivid dreams. I barely sleep. <laughs> I typically don't. That's why these stick out to me so much. Okay, typically sure, I don't sure. Dream either. So it's not like I'm dreaming every night. These two are so vivid. Or my like, dreams don't have narratives. Like I'll, my dream will be like, oh, I had a dream I was standing in line with a bunch of dogs, or like like that. Yeah. <laughs> like that would be yeah. like that random. Yeah, scene. that's the tidbit that I remember. Yeah, but like I had yeah, like, no, like there was narrative. a stretch. There was a stretch where like within a month I had like three dreams about me getting shot in like an alley okay jesus i think you told us about that actually in like a cold sweat yeah i think i i haven't mentioned it in the (laughs) podcast i think before yeah those have gone away thankfully because it was not a pleasant way to wake up but 
I used yeah, to have weird, like, the unironic recurring like, oh my god, I have finals today and I didn't study dream. <laughs> I, I probably, I've probably had that dream like 40 times. <laughs> I have a vet um, buddy and his constant dream is... No, you know what? I pro- cut that out. I probably shouldn't be sharing that. Never mind. All right, yeah. Okay. That's that's something somebody told me in confidence. Probably even if you don't know them. Like well, you didn't say. I mean, you just said buddy and constant dream, and then like. <laughs> but let's say that one in we a million don't know who chance. Or what? So. Yeah, let's say that good. one in a million chance he listens to this and he's like, "What the? Fuck? <laughs> I told him. <laughs> like, I told him just, that in a really I'm just intimate moment. Strays out here. And now, yeah, yeah. And now yeah. I'm just being used as podcast <laughs> material. It's yeah, funny. Never, yeah, uh, never yeah. mind. That's, yeah, that's I got to really watch that because sometimes I think, oh, it's not traceable, so who cares? But maybe I need to just honor it for the sake of honoring it, huh? <laughs> so never mind. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Uh, I've been playing Corey, this uh, cool new game called Wordle. Yeah. Oh, Wordle's dope. I play Wordle every day. <laughs> no, I gotta, Shay plays uh, Wordle. Unironically, I put it on the list because it's like, I don't think any of us have ever. Wait, no, maybe we. I think we did talk about it once. Um, did we? I but, don't know. Uh, maybe not. Uh, it's actually just a good game. I don't normally like like the kind of word whatever puzzle kind of games. I don't care that yeah. much. But Wordle's just sick. I just fucking love. You shouldn't Wordle. have said that because I'm gonna start posting my daily Wordle okay. in the chat Can I, too. Real quick. Yeah. This is an aside based on something you posted earlier in the chat. You have the name SlavicDonut.com. Yeah. And it just redirects to Pool Lizard. <laughs> that is that's correct. All right. Uh, I just wanted to <laughs> confirm that like. Oh man, it was like two years ago, maybe year and a half. Because <laughs> uh, I saw that in the chat, I was like, "Whoa, he has a website!" And then I went there, and it just went straight back to Pool Lizard, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I guess that makes sense." Sorry, uh, that's anyway. really funny. Wordle. Uh, Wordle. It's just a good game, you know. Okay, actually, really important part about Wordle is only being able to do it once a day. Yeah, absolutely. If you could it- just sit and do them over and over and over, over whatever again, like. People would have forgotten about it in like September of last year. Yep. It, would, it would be like yep. it'd be yeah. gone. Nobody would give a fuck anymore. It's actually, it's it probably super overlooked. It's probably the most important part about the game is that you can only do one a day. No, that's a great insight into it because you can't binge it. You literally cannot. It's like why I like watching TV on a weekly basis because uh, you have to look forward to doing it again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, Shay plays it all the time. And I feel smart when I come up with the answer sometimes. <laughs> and I'm like, I know words. I'm a word knower. Yeah, Wordle's a, I play it every every single day. My it's actually one of the things that my wife and I do together. We have a comp, a daily competition. Thanks, New York Times. It was started by a guy named Wordle, wasn't it? Like that's not a joke. Like wasn't his JP name Wordle, Wordle? <laughs> and Associates. <yeah. laughs> he like made it for his wife. Oh, is that true? I haven't backed that that's up. Funny. Somebody told me that's I heard from somebody. Fact, so I have not verified. When you're waiting to pick up the like, kids from school, you can do this little word puzzle like, I came out with. The guy whose you. name was actually like Wordle designed the game for his wife, and it took off. That's what I've heard. Who knows? Now the New York Times bought it. Now they own it. Ah, Wordle. <coughs> nice. Wordle's a good a good pull. Uh Alluding to weekly television watching, uh, I started playing Last of Us Part 2. I never finished the first uh, one. I really liked it, though. Yeah. I will say that the second one is more interesting of like as a game than the first one was. Because you, you hit a point where it's like 
I how many times am I going to haul around Ellie on a pallet <laughs> on across a river? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> that is. Does exactly. this need to happen every five minutes? Like I have lots of complaints about the first game. I have some complaints about the second game, but not nearly. It's not nearly as egregious, and it, it just coincides because Last of Us been on our minds since the television show has been airing, which I was not a believer in. As soon I've as heard I heard really it was announced, and yeah, I was I, like, I'm a fan. "There's no way it's gonna be good." Like, there's no way. I just didn't like the, the first game it that seems much. Like an insane. It's like they're gonna do a Last of Us TV show with Pedro. Pa- okay, whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's actually really good. Yeah, <laughs> like, I've, heard, I've heard of really good things. And I mean, yeah. the reason it's good, let's face it, is because it was a really good core story to begin yeah. with. Yeah, yeah. The game and itself is like, from a much. gameplay perspective, it's like not super interesting. It's not like anything Uh-oh. really. You're gonna fun. get me up on my soapbox. You're gonna get because <laughs> here's what the show has taught me: is that the Sony game development model, which I have ranted about a million times, and it's why I can't play The Last of Us Two either. Not to cut you off, um, is that I hate when you just like those games, the Sony games, constantly, and I complained about this God of War Two. Is oh I need to get to there and it's a place like a mile away, and you can't just walk there. No, no, you have to go through a fence and then get power to the fence and then open a door and then climb over a roof and then you've gone like a hundred feet forward, but it took you two hours. Can't do it. Hate it. But the Last of Us, the TV show, has taught me is that these stories, which I've always thought were really good, are so much better in just a typical television format where you can just get the story without having to do that stuff. And that's a hot take because a lot of people say, oh, you can't experience these stories without the gameplay, without the investment in the the world. And I'm sorry, The Last of Us has just proven to me that no, because it's almost shot for shot. A lot of The Last of Us TV shows. Well, the first episode is 100% shot for shot, the game. The first episode. It works because the narrative was already very strong. The Last of Us, I think, I don't think I've ever said a bad thing about the narrative. I'll even say that I like the narrative of The Last of Us 2, which is a very 50-50 thing, I guess. I can't wait to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, but I think we could cut the gameplay out. And I'm, I think that these people just need to either make a gameplay better or just start making movies. Yeah. And that's where I'll leave that. Sorry. I completely no, I'm, derailed I'm, you. I'm in total <laughs> agreement. Like, the, the second one is, I'm not going to say it's like, the most interesting gameplay wise. It definitely has those same kind of things where it's like, I need to get to the point a, and then there's like, Oh, but I first have to tip this car over and then crawl over it. And you know, like all that kind of stuff there. But, um, narratively, it's more interesting than I think. I think I thought the first one was kind of predictable. Maybe I'm not like trying to sound smarter than I am. I just kind of, I called the ending way before it happened. I think the first one is just a great character study on how something like that happens. And I think it's commitment yeah. to that. And the fact that at its time, every, you know, every zombie show is let's get the cure. Yeah. And so it was interesting <laughs> in the same fact of like the, the fact that like, like George R. R. Martin and game of Thrones, it was like main characters can die. And we were all like, what? It, no, it's, uh. it's, it's only revolutionary if you take into the context of its time. And so without yeah. spoiling the ending of the last of us, because it is a running show right now. And, I don't want to alienate one of our. Like, I don't think listeners. they'll probably change the ending either. They've changed a lot of stuff, but I don't think they'll probably no. mess with the ending. I think they foreshadowed the ending so hard in episode three that they have to stick to it now. When he's yeah. like, "We're protectors, and God help anybody who gets in our way." I don't think you can change the ending. After yeah, that. I don't think <laughs> Plus, so either. It's a good ending. <laughs> it's a great <laughs> like, ending. I would yeah. say the ending is what makes it worth watching. Honestly, I yeah. If like, otherwise it'd just be a stereotypical zombie story, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, 
Yeah, so Lost <laughs> of Us Part 2, I find it less predictable. Like, Well, I actually, I, I know the whole story because of the whole... It's been nice playing it so far removed from the shitstorm that happened yeah. when it came out. And now I'm like, as I'm playing through, I was like, why were people so fucking butthurt about this? I think because people want... Because here's, here's the thing. Humanity's simple. And the ending of The Last of Us 1 is heavy. Especially if you're not prepared for that kind of a thing or you don't like that kind of a thing. And so I think everybody went into The Last of Us 2 thinking it was going to be a redemption story for a certain character. Yeah. And they so character. wanted it to be like with, oh, there's another chance to do the thing they were trying to do. And this time it'll be happy. And when it was definitely not that, as a matter of fact, probably as far from that as you could get, right? I think yeah. people just got pissed. And then it's just, I, I, I don't want to jump on this bandwagon. I really don't. But I do think a lot of people were just mad that it was like when the main characters. Yeah, and that's stuff. true. And I, I don't think that everybody who doesn't like the game is a sexist. I don't think that at all. I think that there are reasonable complaints you can have against the narrative. And I'm not calling everybody like being you into one thing. But I do think that for a certain large percentage of the people that didn't like it, that was a factor. Yeah, I would agree with that. And uh, what I want to say is, and why this is a zero out of ten game, is <laughs> Go on. there's a moment where one of the two main characters, I, I guess Abby is the name. That's not really a spoiler. Uh, comes across a uh, coin, a quarter, like a United States quarter early mm-hmm. in the game. And it's a Virginia State Quarter, all right? Okay. You know state quarters? Yeah. Yep. The mint date on that quarter is 1978. Okay. But I happen to know for <laughs> Go a on. fact that state quarters were not minted until 1999. <laughs> and as soon as I read that, I was like, oh, wait a minute. There was no state quarters minted at that time this alter- is like it's completely- alternate history the only thing it, different about the history is when it. they started minting state i'm gonna do Not my best that, anime voice they got- i'm gonna do my oh go ahead sam do- oh, so this is the power of autism <laughs> <laughs> and not That's only that really they funny. messed up the virginia <laughs> state quarters imagery i'm looking at it's a not- cool quarter i'm looking at it now it's cool. are you looking at the last of us one or no, the no, virginia the state one. quarter did you have yeah. the big fold-out United States map where you're trying yeah, to we had one of yes. quarters Yeah, time? we had one of those two. I had one. That's the only Hell reason yeah. I know about it is because Hell that was yeah. such a meme in like the, the right at the millennium. <laughs> it's like, we got we to gotta collect yeah. quarters for some reason. It was it was a cool thing as a nation. It was, it was, it was a cool funny. little thing, yeah. Like, I, I would go like to the gas station with my dad, and then he would pay in cash, and then you get a quarterback. He'd be like, oh, do you have a Connecticut or a Delaware mint? And I'd be like, no, I don't have that. And then you stick it the coolest thing that will ever happen to quarters. Yeah, that's true. That was the peak of quarters. Yeah, true. But, yeah, that's why it's a 0 out of 10 game. They couldn't even get it right. Don't don't hit me with that weak shit. I know. I know about quarters. You don't know about quarters, obviously. Otherwise, it wouldn't have happened. But you're enjoying the story so far? <laughs> yeah. Un- unironically, it is good. And this it's actually kind of falls in the same vein as the Dark Pictures anthology. Like, I'm playing it, and then Shay's watching it, and we're both kind of enjoying the story as it unfolds. Okay, I have a um, super quick trivia question before we get too far off. All right. What do you think on eBay right now you can buy a full set of you won't, quarters uh, for? You won't believe what I'm looking at right now. <laughs> 50 cents. Okay. Well, Seth already knows. 
yeah, I, I started looking Actually, it up the second we started quick, talking. As an about aside, it. imagine being a person that wants to buy a complete set of quarters instead of like the actual act of collecting quarters. Yeah, that is yeah. Funny. like that's the one appeal to it. Why would you need a full set of steak? Like <laughs> the, this is the funniest part in the world for, to me. Uh, I mean, the math is easy, right? Like fifty mm-hmm, quarters. Yeah. Like how much is fifty quarters worth, right? <laughs> oh, uh, this is too hard. Yeah, twelve fifty. Okay. All right. <laughs> you can buy a full set of fifty quarters on eBay right now for twenty eight dollars. <laughs> oh, nice! A little over double. Yeah, doubled your money. But they went through the act of collecting all the quarters. Yeah, doubled Man, your money really, in twenty years. <laughs> we really thought that was going to make us rich one day. It's like the Beanie Babies of that time. True. Yeah. Like my mom thought my Beanie Babies were going to be my college fund. She told me all the time. Well, it's be so crazy. Line for a new bear. But- the crazy thing about like the Beanie Babies thing is it was like <coughs> the impetus of that whole thing was it was going to be a collectible. Like that was the thrust of it. Like the things that are actually collectible nowadays that are actually worth anything were not intended to be collectibles, not necessarily. Right. Like old rookie cards, like a Mickey Mantle rookie card or something. It was just a baseball card. Like they just printed baseball cards. They weren't like, you know, someday yeah. if you keep this in really nice condition, it's going to be hundreds of dollars. But Beanie Babies set out, and they're like, we're going to like artificially manufacture (laughs) collectability. The Uh, Beanie Baby plant economy. The most valuable one, I think, is the Princess Di one. That's what they say. I have one, and apparently it's not worth as much. Go back to eBay. Let's see. Um, Beanie. And then it like depends on what kind of uh, beans they use in the Beanie Baby. Owning like a Beanie tell... Baby commemorating someone who died is so fucking weird. Yeah, Dude, uh, so yeah. I will just tell you, I lived, I lived in the UK when the Princess. Oh Beanie shit, Baby that's dropped. true. I don't think have what I remember. I'm sure we have. I I don't know about the the Princess Die Bear dropping, but I'll yeah, tell you the story ahead. of the Princess Die Bear is we were big Beanie Baby collectors, my 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 mom and I, and she was in a she was actually this is so. Such a great story for this podcast in particular. She was in a production of of Hell's Gates uh, or Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames. Hell yeah! And she was at a rehearsal for it when the Princess Die Bear was going to drop at the store across from where we were rehearsing. So she gave me my fifteen p my fifteen pounds or whatever the bear was going to be, and I went and waited in line for probably six hours <laughs> to get our Princess Die Bear. And I can to this day remember the smell of the shop when you finally got inside of it. But I did. I went and I secured the Princess Die Bear and I went back across and she was probably, oh, I can't tell that joke. <laughs> uh, and then uh, <laughs> that would have been relevant to a pre a pre. Yeah, I think I'm picking joke. up what you're, uh, yeah. what you're um, And uh, yeah, that was when I got my Princess Die Bear. You still have it? Uh, so here's the deal. And I'm not trying to get sad, but when my parents divorced... Somewhere in all of that stuff, there's a blue past. You know the blue plastic uh, toy chests that looked like treasure yeah. chests. They're blue plastic, like everybody had one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We had one of those full of Beanie Babies. I don't know where it is now. Damn. Damn. You it's could probably, be sitting on tens of in dollars storage somewhere. Yeah, I could probably sell that all for like a hundred bucks. Maybe nice. buy a new deck. <laughs> yeah. I wish a deck was a hundred dollars. <laughs> Damn. Do you know? Uh, insurance should cover that, right? Uh, I so this happened I so recently that I haven't happened, even. But... I have. I genuinely haven't had time. It hasn't. 
as we're recording, it's kind of sinking in. Just that Jeez, it actually yeah. just happened. Damn, it's gone. And it's then really my house gone. is permanently damaged. <laughs> I have to start thinking about that. Uh, I, I will definitely be trying to make an insurance claim. But they'll probably say that I should have taken care of the ice dams. I'm just playing it out in my head. Yeah. It seems like everybody I've talked to, insurance goes like one way or the other, where they're like, no, fuck you, go pound sand. Or, yeah, we'll pay for that and then 500 other things. I don't know. Adult talk here on the talk shop. Yeah. Get insurance. (laughs) (laughs) That, but actually, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that wraps up the games that we been playing can i go back a little bit to the writing conversation i just remembered something i was gonna say (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. okay i'm gonna say i'm gonna say something really (laughs) really retarded okay all right okay everybody get ready sam you ready yep did we lose sam no i'm right here can you hear okay yeah it was okay as it turns out (laughs) tom clancy is actually a pretty good writer yeah? yeah? You've been reading some Tom Clancy? Yeah, I wanted to, like, you know, I was feeling in the genre, right? Like, military, yeah. political, whatever, like, thriller kind of thing. What'd you read? Um, I'm in the middle of Some of All Fears right now. Are you that's a good book. It? Everybody says that's really good. Are you reading it or are you uh, Audiobook. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't know. I was expecting, like, Mission Impossible Tom Cruise movie, like, action book is what I thought I was signing up for. Like, which is fine. I'm not deriding that. I just thought it'd be like, oh, whatever. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be fun to listen to, whatever. It's actually good. <laughs> like, it's actually yeah. really, like, the, uh, like, that. that's the irony of, like, hey, Tom Clancy, one of the best-selling authors of all, probably, like, top five <laughs> or ten best-selling authors who ever lived, is actually a pretty good writer. Who knew? Yeah. Who would have ever known? I went through like a Tom Clancy phase in <laughs> high school where I read a bunch of the books. I read Teeth of the Tiger, Red Rabbit, Rainbow Six. They're all good in their own way. Some of them are not as interesting as others, but um, Red Rabbit, I remember being very good. So that might be a good follow-up. Um, what else? I'm trying to think of the other Tom Clancy. Well, I mean, there's like every movie or game <laughs> yeah. based on a book. <coughs> I'll tell you this though, it's not always a given because like Dan Brown, the guy that wrote the Da Vinci Code, yeah, yeah, that guy cannot write for shit. <laughs> I've heard that. He's, I've never tried to read it. Everybody who I know who actually did read it said it isn't good. <laughs> it's really good. I'm looking for um, the movie wasn't like, good either. Is it a hot take? There's a review. Sorry, go. No, I, that's he, not the a movie hot was take. a hit. I don't. I never watched it. I think it was I'm just like the timing. Yeah, I thought it was bad. Like Twilight. And I didn't have any baggage going. I remember when it came out. Um, yes. Okay. I'm gonna read this to you. This yeah, is a. Uh, this I I remember when this came out. I can't believe I found it so quickly. There's when when uh, Dan Brown released a new new book called Inferno. Somebody wrote a review for it for a newspaper, and uh, it, it's so perfect. It just perfectly captures why his writing is so bad. Okay. Renowned author Dan Brown woke up in his luxurious four poster bed in his expensive ten million dollar house, and immediately he felt angry. Most people would have thought that 48-year-old man with no had no reason to be angry. After all, the famous writer had a new book coming out. But that was the problem. A new book meant an inevitable attack on the rich novelist by the wealthiest, by the wealthy wordsmith's fiercest foes, the critics. Renowned author Dan Brown hated the critics ever since he... Uh, this is going to be too long to read in hindsight. 
maybe just cut that out too. But at the end of the day, it's just super repetitive. It's like he got out of bed and he realized that he was out of bed. And being out of bed, he realized that it was hard being out of bed. <laughs> then he went back to bed. But then he, then got he contemplated out of bed. all yeah. the consequences of being out of bed and thought that it might have been easier <laughs> yep. to stay in bed. Stanley woke is, up from the bed. And that is how it works. So, <laughs> True. So the fact that Tom Clancy is a good writer isn't like a given by Yeah, any okay. Means. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. Um, and maybe maybe this one is just particularly good. I don't know. But it's, it's probably it's his best, That's probably one. his best book is Some yeah. of All Fears, okay. I think. That was the one thing. It was but, like, I want to, okay. Oh, like you make the decision. Oh, I'll listen to a Tom Clancy book. And then you go and you look and this fucker has like 47 books. <laughs> go to any goodwill and you'll find a wall of tom that's, books. <laughs> that's actually true i recently read michael crichton's uh, jurassic park and lost world again and actually read them um that's not like a flex i just sure sure, sure. Like actually yeah, I, I can read. Read. there are different ways of yeah different yeah, i think you get yeah. different things out of them for sure and it's it blew my mind how good like jurassic park specifically was because you read it now, and it's like the famous scene where the T Rex breaks out of the fence and, and is like attacking the vehicles. Mm-hmm. And you can picture it so well because uh, Steven Spielberg made the movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> what blows my mind is that this guy perfectly conceptualized these ideas with no kind of visual visualization possibility. So he was just like, when he's describing the T Rex uh, profile and like the lightning and the rain and like seeing the teeth bite down on the track and the little kids freaking out and the lawyer booking it out of the car and all these things, you're realizing that he just, in his mind, he just made them up. <laughs> he was yeah. just like, yeah. yeah that's okay. crazy. And that's interesting. Yeah. It's written so incredibly well. And I think we reverse engineer it so that, like, I've, I'd read the book before and I'd been like, oh, yeah, this is really good. And it's just like the movie. You realize that the reason why it got a movie was because it was just. Uh, originally so good and you just wonder what kind of brain was like i want dinosaurs to eat people but i'm gonna do it like the <laughs> smartest possible way have you um, yeah. it's funny because like the other side of what you're saying is that also means it was adapted pretty well um if yeah. like all those oh, details yeah, match up and it's like yeah. it's funny because sometimes you read a book and then you see the movie and you're like oh i like the the movie or i like the book more or whatever usually it's the case that the book is better um but the other way is way worse. If you watch a movie first and then go try to read a book, all the like in your mind, you're mapping all the things you've already seen in the movie. Like it's yeah. there's no it's imagination. Already been polluted. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like all, all all that imagery is already there. So now, if there's any mismatch in the in the <laughs> book to like what was in the actual screenplay when they made the movie, it's like. You have you don't know what to make of anything anymore. It like ruins. The well, I don't know yeah. if you've ever read it. the The book Jurassic Park and the book The Lost World are both much darker and intentionally much scarier. Okay. Than the movies. The movies were definitely. I mean, Steven Spielberg is like a a wondrous soul, and even when he makes something like that, he adds a lot of like magic to Whimsy. it because it's yeah. like yeah, that's like <laughs> who he is. Uh, the books are not. They're they're straight like gore fests and like <laughs> people getting ripped apart, and it's really nasty. Uh, Damn. I gotta read which, uh, 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 Westworld too. That was a Michael Crichton, wasn't it? Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, good call, man. You're right. I've never read it. Yeah. What well, what yeah, else was Michael Crichton? What... Sorry. Westworld. Westworld. Oh shit. I didn't know that. Yeah, Michael Crichton yeah. was a smart dude. Salient. Do you Dino think... DNA. What <laughs> what do you think happens to your brain if like if your whole life all you do is just crank out banger after banger after like like mega hit after mega hit after mega and they're not even like sequels right they're just like they're all new ips and every time it slaps hard 
do you think you walk around thinking you're like king shit or do you think you're lucky as fuck or like isn't that i wonder what happens there isn't that the stereotype for you like the auteur is always yeah i mean there's a reason that's what it is right I don't think that there's... I mean, Stephen King, by all, and it's probably just his persona. You know, we have to remember everybody's a brand, too, so we'll probably never know who they actually are. Uh, Stephen King seems, like, pretty down-to-earth. He, he does seem like a true... He's done yeah. enough. When he's not on cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> true, true. But I would say that overall... When he's overall, not making like, maximum overdrive. I would say that overall there's probably a reason why the insufferable successful artist is a meme, and probably because it's just very accurate. Yeah. It's interesting, man. I got a yeah. I have a copy of Jurassic Park. I think floating around somewhere, and I've never re- actually read it. So I read it when I was a kid because I wasn't allowed to see the movie, and I've talked about that before. Like the great irony that I wasn't allowed to watch the movie, but I was allowed to read the book, which was way worse. Um, but I hadn't read it since then, and it's a great, like a shocking, like especially when you start to appreciate like the idea of narrative and painting a picture with words and and world building and all that. It's just an absolute landmark of an accomplishment. Uh, read it if you get the chance, or listen to it on Audible. I don't care. I don't judge. I'll, I'll sell myself out and say that I read it at work. I had time to read it at work. That's the only reason I was reading. It wasn't like I was taking time out for a sophisticated out outreach. I know. Michael Crichton, where are you at? Is he dead? He's dead. Yeah. Oh, he, he is died. dead. I want to say it was cancer. Damn. Damn. The one T-Rex even he couldn't cage. <laughs> <laughs> Melanoma. Too much Dino DNA. Rex. <laughs> Too- yeah. <laughs> he injected into my balls. <laughs> what, why, the why, why are we dunking Precious on a guy who amber. died? <laughs> <laughs> why are we dunking on like a creative genius who died of cancer? That's so funny. It's because it's just funny to imagine he was obsessed uh, with Dino DNA and true. he wanted to inject it into his scrotum. <laughs> so I he just, could become I just, the T-Rex. I would love to talk to him. Because you know that he was probably, I don't know if he was 20 or 30, in his 20s or 30s when he wrote that book, maybe even his 40s. But I just love the idea of a grown man being like, I want a book about dinosaurs, like every other boy that's Dinodors. ever existed. And he was like, well, I'm going to do it, like, I'm going to do intense genetic research to see how I could make it sound plausible. <laughs> like, even I like to imagine that's how he sounds, too. <laughs> even the mosquitoes being an amber, like, you, you take that idea for granted because you saw it in Jurassic Park, but how did he just think of that? True. Aren't things preserved <laughs> like, you know in amber normally? Yeah, but how did he think of like, oh, the, no, blood the, the dinosaur the DNA mosquito. from the mosquitoes yeah, yeah, in the yeah, amber? Okay, sure, like sure, you have sure. to remember, those were non-existent ideas. I was, I was too literal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that is you actually I mean? pretty crazy. It's like the fact that J.R. Tolkien just came up with like orcs, <laughs> dude. <laughs> yeah, I, that's like. I mean, <laughs> like, we've definitely talked about it before, but it's so dragons. it's actually so insane <laughs> yeah. that like yeah. the whatever like the modern template of like. Of, of all fantasy is just some shit that one guy thought up and then now everybody's just been doing that yep. <laughs> for like yeah, his, that's true for like 70 years that guy was on a different planet <laughs> and before anybody corrects I know J.R. Tolkien did not create dragons but he definitely brought them to the oh yeah like fantasy. it's all based on like, like folklore and yeah. like he yeah. just he like pulled it all together and then like he he created two fully fleshed out languages yeah that you don't really hear any of in Lord of the Rings. Like you, like there's moments of like people speaking Elvish and stuff. But like anybody can make up just like a gibberish sentence for a book. Yeah. But he's like, no, it's not gibberish. It's actually a language. Yeah. <laughs> like there's like a noun to bottom. structure to it. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> everything. If you can speak it, if you learn it, like yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, it's been about two hours, boys. We should probably wrap up. That's true. Yep. Well. 
believe what did we learn Sam today? has to see a man about a deck. Yeah. <laughs> what did we learn today? Um. Oh god, I didn't prepare for this at all. I got one. Okay, hit me. Up. I have one. If you find yourself in Reno, make sure to visit the Hell Pits. <laughs> I want to be very clear. It wasn't Hell. It was very like it was magma. Sorry, magma like, pits. It was just a very. It was supposed to be a very like ceremonial way for euthanasia to take place. All right. <laughs> Make sure to visit the euthanasia magma pits. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yours was about me because mine's about you. I learned that if you take away a man's computer and give him a tape recorder, he might just make some cool music. Haha. -ha. Ah. Um. Oh my god. I can't think of anything. Five. Oh, okay. I. I. <laughs> do the countdown. That's such a cruel meme. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I learned that a game that I thought was new and really cool is actually just a ripoff of another game. <laughs> I learned that Played Up is just overcooked. Oh, yeah. That was probably... Well, it might not be. I I don't know. It Which game first? Somewhere. We don't know anything about it. Yeah. The chicken or the egg. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Do we want to bring back the segment of nostalgic albums, or are we doing anything like that, or we want to figure oh, it yeah. out later and just cut off oh, yeah. today? Or? We'll figure it out. I know okay. we said Diverse City on the last one, and we never talked about it. Oh, well, then let's do Diverse City for next next time. Okay. Hell yeah. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Cool. Well, thank you, everybody. Thank yes. you for your continued you, patronage. We love you. You listening? I love you. I'm in love with you. Let's get I'm married. I'm going to leave my wife for you. <laughs> All right. This is just between me and you. I'm in love with you. At some point, it's just a guy trying to leave his wife. You out there. Right? You know who you are. No, 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 no. You, you, I'm talking to one single person. You know who you are. You're yeah. not schizophrenic. I am talking directly to you. You're going to be like one of those people who honestly thinks You didn't that like forget to take your pills today. The Instagram model actually posts for them, you know, actually like thinks that their likes matter and that the Instagram model's sad when they don't show up and True. is actually doing all of it for them. Yeah. yeah, you're right. That's terrible. But in this case, it's not that. I'm in love with you. <laughs> <laughs> all right anyway thanks for listening uh as always if you enjoyed it tell a friend and last but not least stay hard america stay harder than ever you're gonna need to be harder i want like a diamond cutter of hardness <laughs> all right uh, uh, that's all i got bye bye, bye. bye. love you